And this is Randy's number one Andy, a songwriter full of comedy. Got the tablet handy. Andy Klein, Mr. On Time, slinging punchlines from the cut, walking a straight line. Then the thriller, Mr. Tim Miller, crowd killer. Say hold on, he's probably not here out trying to raise his daughter. So we'll just tune in to 3SPN, keep the sock puppet nation, let the party begin. Pop Pop, Petey Romain, top of the list, J.L. Chadwick, the black eye who tips, might be waxing philosophical or talking bullshit, might be just trying to help you get a nice pretty young bitch, you have an opinion, let's hear it, do it proper, the world may suffer, I like it, I want you, Facebook, email, tweet us, get out your closet if you're dropping our names, now let's come together, there's nothing else to say, let's start the show, Randolph hit him with the What's happening? And here we are, Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. Listen, we do have a third guy sitting in, as you know, every week we do it. This uh, gentleman is new to the podcast. I want you guys to put you together. We've talked about him previously in the past in the podcast, you guys. He doesn't know, but we have talked about him in passing in the past in the podcast. I said last week that, you know who we need to have on? We need to have Samson on the podcast. We can ask him some questions about this. Yep. Well, Samson just happened to be in town working at the Improv with Miss Adele Givens, so I need you guys to welcome to the podcast Mr. Samson McCormick. What's up? I'm here. <laughs> I was surprised. I didn't know y'all talked about me on here before. Yeah, we'll, makes we'll, me feel yeah, I hope we'll your name up. will yeah. get mentioned occasionally, and here's why. Okay. I have a... When we started doing this, I said, I got to put together a network of people as a, I don't know what the word is for black male. Is a cisgendered black male? Is that a thing? Because that's yeah, usually yeah. applied it's to white men. It's too much to keep men. up with. Now. It is a lot. It's, <laughs> we got to get to what Dave Chappelle, this whole Dave yeah. Chappelle yeah, issue. So, but, yeah, it's, we're going to talk much. about that. There's also cis-hetero or cis-hetero. Yeah, cis-hetero. Because you can be cis and not yeah. hetero, but then they'll S C I S H E T. Yeah. Which I guess I don't know if people say cis. It's a lot of shit. But <laughs> the only one of those, the only cis thing I knew about was sissy, and that's it. And <laughs> yeah, like now right. it's a cis hetero, and it and it's too much. It's too much to get. Yeah. This stuff has happened within it's the last like five years. We like talked about it last things. week. Yeah. We tried to run through all the. This was for the LGBTQ. We tried to run through all of them. LGBTQIA question mark yeah. print symbol. This that it's too much. And there's like there's two A's now. There's uh, allied and I was like allied. asexual. Yeah. Allied. That's, that's that's the thing. What, we Why thought, would like, you mention the ally? Allied. That's like that's like, hey guys, pay attention to me. <laughs> to me, like, yeah. Too, it's though. it's too much, and I'm I mean, right now I'm Why? tired of walking around feeling like a science experiment. Yeah, it's like a, it's just a bunch of labels. Oh, put this label on, and this is coming from, in my opinion, a community who has fought against labels. Because okay. you want to be like See. everybody else. And so now it's just like, oh, well, I'm going to put this label on you and this is what I am. And it's a lot. It's too much. See, and you saying that is when we started doing a podcast, as we got deeper into talking about stuff like this, 
I decided as a as a cisgendered black heterosexual male who's in <laughs> his takes too much. who's in his forties that I need to build a network of people that I can reach out to when I have a question. That if I have a question about something, so I'm not just up here just talking shit. Right, so, right, 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 right. Samson is my gay is my gay male connection that I will reach to. I have Samson. I have another comic named Maxine in New York who I will reach to and ask a question about about gay stuff. If there's a a lesbian thing. Uh, there's I have now have a comedian I have Chelsea who right. I can reach to for a question about lesbians and I also have a question for a, a young lady named Olivia out of Chicago Olivia has a dual purpose for me where she is also a lawyer so if we have legal questions we will go to <laughs> Olivia or J.L. Kovan who's okay. a comedian out of New York who we have called from the podcast to ask him legal legal questions what happens if you have like a rash on your arm is there a comic Dr. Ken do you I have his number I don't have a <laughs> Do I know a doctor that's a comic? Um, there's a I doctor do. around. This does like Dr. Bob sued. He does open mics. Is he, is he a doctor? Yeah, Dr. Bob. yeah. I, I've only I haven't seen I him in know years. A doctor. Doctor. It specifically has to be somebody that I've that I've reached to. Yeah. For specific information. Yeah. Black stuff. I've got. I got that down. I don't need any help there. Right. Uh, you, you nerd got... nerd stuff. I can reach to Lamberth or. Um, He's good on music. Or Rod. Yeah. Music. If I want to know new music, I can reach to reach to Lambeth and find that out. If I want to know rock music, I can you you cover that. I don't need yeah, that. Nothing new, but so okay. I don't need just the things I need in my life. I try to build a web of people I can talk. You've to. You've got exercise and nutrition. Ah, that's me. Right. So I'm fine with that. So nutritionary stuff, I can I can answer Fashion. anybody's question about that. Fashion, I feel like I cover. And you can call me for that too. And yeah, and I mean, I've, I'm not covering that right now, but it's Saturday. Yeah. I'm off, damn it. Right. Yeah, right. but I mean, you do do fashion, you know, and I can. Our fashion tastes, I've noticed, tend to run in the same vein anyway. Oh, yeah. Have you noticed that? Of our, course. Our fashion kind of runs myself and Samson. So the way you see me dress is pretty much how Samson dresses, and the way Samson dresses is pretty much vice versa. Except your stuff's a little tighter than mine. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> a little. Not to say you ain't built for it. You're built for it. You can, you can floss it. Your stuff's a little tighter than mine. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I still need a little more movement. <laughs> yeah, it's no, I don't want to. I want to feel like I'm in body magic when I wear my shit. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, and I have never said the words, I'm I'm putting these clothes on so I can look in body magic. <laughs> I've never said that. <laughs> we were just talking about shoes a little while ago. We both got a shoe thing. Yeah, shoe, like, because it's, I was raised by, you know, classic black folks. Yeah. So it's just like, and this is before everybody decided to get all cool now. Yeah, Like yeah, back yeah. in the day, you could be a dude and have swag and be who you were, and it was perfectly okay to wear a little heel on your shoe. Right. Because that was the cool thing. And I still got you, yeah. but we found out them heels been fucking it's us fucking up. your back up. Yeah. <laughs> even the heel, like men's shoes don't even have big heels, really. No, but you could, used to be, you can get what they call a Cuban heel. Right. Yeah. Which was narrower and and taller Okay. Than a regular heel. And that's not good certain, for you. Certain, I don't think so. Bad for your back. I don't th- I think it's bad for your back. I mean, women Unless get Unless you're working you're working out and you're in shape, fine. But the average right. person is probably not. Right, right, it's right. Fucking your back up. Now Prince wore a Literally like a woman's pump. Yeah, he wore That's a different. heel. Yeah. yeah. He and he wore had six-inch yeah, spikes. Yeah. Well, it's because he was, he was not only was he wearing the heels, he's also jumping off a 10-foot yeah, speaker column. Yeah, jumping off speakers. Landing and, hard. Yeah, yeah. Dancing hard. You know, doing splits. 
It's fucking his back. Fucked his hip up. Well, he did that. I'm getting older now, so I hurt my shit just sleeping now. Yeah, like, that's isn't that a up, sad feeling. Yeah, like you go to sleep at night, and I'm thinking because I mean sometimes you might twist or whatever. And when I we were saying that, you know, when I was 19, I could wake up the next day and yeah. you know I'd be like, oh, all right, I'll be good. You know, hobble around, and two yeah. days later, I'm pain free. Now, my knee, my right. my neck, yeah. my back. No, it's right. everything. Yeah. I remember when I was like. When my brother and I moved out, we got our first place. We got a one-bedroom place. That's what we could afford. So we had basically one of us slept on the couch. One of us slept in the bedroom. Whoever went to bed first went to the bedroom, which didn't have a bed in it. You just sleep on the floor. And that was fine. We were like, I was 19. Yeah. We got our second place, and we each had a bedroom. So we were like, now we can get beds, but we can't afford beds. So I slept on the floor for another year. Sleeping bag? Yeah, just on like a blanket. Sleep. Blanket sleep. Yeah, yeah, but there was no cushion. I was fine. I yeah. wake up like nothing. Just Try like hop, hop off the floor. Try Not even hop now. out of bed. Just yeah. Hop off the floor. <laughs> and be, and now I have a sleep number bed, which is supposed to <laughs> cradle you. But even then, like if I sleep wrong, my shoulder's sore like yeah. two days. Yeah. You know? If I sleep wrong, like my back will be fucked. Like it's, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. yeah, I slept, fell asleep in Ava's room. She was in the bed. I was laying on the floor. And we were talking. We both went to sleep. My wife comes in and she's like, boy, get up and go to bed. <laughs> when I got up off that floor, it felt like I had been beat with a stick in yeah. the middle of my sleep. Like Ain't somebody had crazy. broke me into a million pieces. It took me just, just moving off the floor. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just laying on the floor. Mike Yard had a great bit about when you get older, like you, you do that move where you can't just get, you have to get up and sit on the end of the bed for a while yeah. and just sit there. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Get, get yourself over. together. I've been talking about that on stage. I make noises when I get up out of bed in the morning. Yeah. In the morning, after sleeping eight hours, I make noises. Was- and I, that's what I say. I can deadlift 405 pounds. Wow. And I still, getting up out of a bed, make a... It's too much. <laughs> I think I, it was. I think I read it somewhere, heard it, but they was like, you know, you get no when you make the same noises getting up off the sofa as you do having sex. Yeah. So you like get up, you gotta be yeah. like, oh no, oh yeah, yeah. Or the toilet is too low, too low. Yeah, too <laughs> the toilet low. is too low. Oh, yeah, we gotta get a new toilet. This is too low. Too low. I need a, a seat I'll riser. Boost the seat on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a seat riser. Tell the people about yourself, Samson. Let them know your your background. I don't think I've ever. Well, where should I start? Um, let them know a little bit. Well, you started, you started comedy doing DC, comedy right? here. That's how I yeah, met you. I didn't know we, me and you go back because I mean yeah. I remember you from like Wise Acres and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and this and that. But I think we performed in different little areas. Yeah, I have two start dates. That's why I started in '94 for a little while. Okay, got out, came back in '98. So '94 to '96, I was around. '98, I was back. So I know people who go back further who right, might right. not barely remember me or I barely remember them or I'm like, oh, I did those rooms. You know, right. that was kind of I a hobbyist back then. Like tope, a couple of Kurt, Shackles, yeah, Kurt yeah, Shackleford's yeah. rooms and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but we moved in different spaces and then there were folks who, because Wiseacres, I keep forgetting I'm not in San Francisco right now. <laughs> um, there's a room in San Francisco called Brainwash, mm-hmm. which does comedy basically Sunday through Sunday. Yeah. And you can go there and, you know, pop in. And Wiseacres was kind of like that room. Yeah. And then, of course, on the weekend they had those shows. Yeah. Um, and so some people worked a lot in those rooms. Um, it was just because I lived in the city and I did Metro. So Wiseacres yeah, yeah. by Metro was too much. Yeah, yeah it was unaccessible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was. Now you can get out to it. Yeah, so now it's right and it's not there anymore. Ten years later, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not there. But that was the line. Like there was a point where people, most of the comics were outside the city. They were suburban mm-hmm. people, and so they would have cars. And then people started. More people started moving to the city. First of all, young people, and then more people in the city 
started doing comedy. So like when Kurt started, you know, Dreamo and Topaz and all those rooms, it was because the scene had grown to a point where now we have enough comics to sustain other rooms. So then that that was an era where you could run in different circles. There was right. a time when everyone had to go to the same spot. Right. And then right, right. The, when when those rooms came up, it was like, oh, you you're a Topaz guy. You're oh you're yeah. A, I was a Topaz. Yeah. Uh, that was in the city. Right after Hyatt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and those rooms were the shit back then. Yeah, yeah. those were great. Yeah. Because yeah. then I, at some point I was in New York, but I would come back once a month to visit. And I would start hitting up all these other rooms, like Kurt's Kurt's Empire, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, "Shit, what? When are this?" Which he still happen? runs rooms, but I don't. Yeah. know. I hope they're he's different not rooms. Listening, but Topaz is gone. Dreamos, I mean, well, Topaz is Topaz is gone. Yeah, I'm silently gesturing. <laughs> no, he's got he's got three rooms. So yeah, I know. He's got, he's got three. Uh, I think Petey does one on Sundays. O'Sullivan's on Sundays in Arlington. Yeah. I remember O'Sullivan. He's got the Hyatt. Ended, but he has a Saturday night show at a, at a restaurant called Positano's in Bethesda. Okay. Same show, different room. And then he's got an open mic in D.C. in Georgetown at a place called Chinese Disco. Okay. Which I've heard great things about. I've that never been there. I'm, like, I'm not going to go to Georgetown on a Friday. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. That's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Got to wade through a bunch of salmon shorts and... Salmon flip flops, navy blazers, and flip flops. A lot no, of flip flops. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> At this stage of my life, no. Yes, after a while, it becomes too much. <laughs> no, thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> no, thank you. So you started here in D.C. It was you and your mother and your brother right in D.C. Right? Uh, yeah. So it's because we're from North Go Carolina. Go ahead and give them a little bit of the backstory. All right. So it's a tough story, but uh, it's a good story because it ends in triumph. But uh, well, yeah, we we still working on a lot of stuff. But yeah. uh, I grew up uh, originally. I'm from North Carolina, Evergreen. So Evergreen is probably big as this little thing right here. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's even in the '80s, Evergreen was still very segregated. There weren't many options that you had for work. So yeah. for me. They were like, you can either be a farmer or a minister, and I was like, oh hell no, I work at the post office. And well, I'm trying. So (laughs) you know, it was it was you know any of those things, and I was like, oh hell no, I was like, I want to have a career doing something. Um, And I mean, because I was so enamored with church life, because that's what I wanted to be growing up. I didn't know you could do anything else. Yeah. Um, So my brother became a minister, and he he's a minister down in North Carolina now. Older brother. Older brother. I'm the youngest. So you were gonna follow those footsteps? That was the that was the the plan. He wasn't a pastor back then. He was a hoe. So (laughs) none of us knew, you know, that he was gonna do any of that stuff. But you all knew he was a hoe, though. He was definitely a hoe. Most pastors are hoe. No, I'm just. So uh, he went in the military, yeah. and um, and my mother, you know, she wanted me to have a better education and more opportunities. So we moved up here, and it was hard. So we were back and forth to North Carolina. Then she met this guy. Yeah, um, they fell in love, um, and it was like family life. Yeah, yeah. But he was horrible because we didn't get along at all. Like I don't know what it was about me, but yeah. he did not like. And he's the reason. You sure I you could, don't know what it was? Well, do you want to guess? Well, <laughs> well, it, and it, and it was even before that. But I mean, it was because I played football and stuff, which I like football and stuff now. Yeah. I like football and basketball, and I go to the bar with the fellas and do all that. But I'm also I'm very openly and proudly gay, and I've mm-hmm. always been pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't have any problems until people were like, "Oh, you know, you know, that's bad. You know, yeah. uh, that's a sin. You know, yeah, I'm 13 yeah. years old and." Yeah. 
you know, and again, I grew up in the church. And yeah. so even now, you know, when I do comedy, people are like, that felt kind of churchy because right. I learned how to write and speak in the church. The first writings that I learned were uh, homiletics, which is how to structure a sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when I'm creating a stand-up routine, it's I write it the way I learned how to write, which is yeah. a sermon. Like, so you have to, they say, what did they say in the Baptist church? They say, uh... The best way to write a sermon is to have a good ending, a, a good beginning, a good <laughs> ending, and keep them as close together as possible. Yeah, sounds yeah. Like a sound, sounds like a stand-up stand yeah, st- stand set. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, basically that's what it is. So, you know, if you're doing, uh, which now with ADD, standard stand-up is, what, 40 minutes, 45 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Come out the gate, hit them real good, keep some good stuff in the middle, and close it out close real strong, good. Close strong, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I learned. Then I had really good English teachers and things like that. And um, as I learned about writing, of course, in school, we had, you know, um, arts programs and things like that. And I learned more about the arts. Yeah. So I was in the choir. I wanted to sing. But church music, which I love church music now, you know, I, I hate religion. I still love <laughs> gospel music. Yeah. Um, old school, not this new hip hop gospel bullshit. I like <laughs> <laughs> you know, that shit to make you catch the Holy Ghost even if you're an atheist. Like, right, I like right, that right. shit. Like right. where the old lady is screaming and serving pound cake. Um, <laughs> and and I wanted to sing. And I used to sneak and listen to Joe to see and all those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted some women to well, throw some panties at me. They were out of the church too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's where the blues, all that stuff has come out of the church. Yeah. And when I would get up on stage at church, they would say, well, you sang good. They was like, but that stuff you said about the devil was funny. <laughs> so I was like, all right. And then it became more of a thing like, oh, well, can you uh, write the, like, Easter is tomorrow. So, you yeah. know, it would be like, oh, well, can you write the Easter play or whatever. And I was like, okay. And the writing would be funny. Yeah. But I wanted to sing, and I was offended that people did not want to hear my singing. <laughs> Were you uh, were you not that good though? It's like I could still hold a tune, okay. e- even though I haven't sang in a long time. Well, I was thinking the black churches when they decide that you're good at a specific thing. That's what you stick. That's to. the thing you do. Yeah. So yeah. if they decide, hey, you can sing, but you're funny, you get to now. Now you're the funny guy. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they're gonna come, and they're gonna put the pressure singer, on you to do. Now that. you're the singer. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. You're the, yeah. you're the guy who stand up and tell your testimony, boy. You're that guy now. Yeah. When we need somebody to make these people cry, stand up and give us your testimony. Yeah. You're that guy now. It's the same thing in life. They, everybody wants to put you into a box. Yeah. You know, it ain't even about, well, you, your singing sucks at It ain't even that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah you can sing. Too bad. Listen. <laughs> Tell these jokes to get these people to laugh. You know? Right. Yeah. And that, and that was the thing was, uh, you know, there were other people, there were two other boys and a girl at our church who sang. Yeah. And and I didn't. I had the the. I think the right word is the rapport with the audience. Yeah. Like I, because I love people. So there was a way I could always connect with people and that type of thing that they did not have. Right. Because they would just go up to sing, but I've always been theatrical and this and that. And yeah, yeah. Then as I got older, uh, and I started getting into theater more, I found out that I was normal because there were things that I did. Was I've never been like super feminine mm-hmm. but i've been very secure with feminine things that i've done and i don't have right. a problem looking at lifetime even though i'm not a big emotional person if i'm looking at an emotion an emotional ass movie on lifetime yeah about some 
woman who had to leave her cat behind and now she's having emotional issues because she had to get away from her abusive ex-husband and right you know right. i can look at that and cry and and bake cookies and feel comfortable doing that and then <laughs> right. go outside and, and shoot hoops with the dudes yeah, yeah. that bothered my family yeah they were like you gonna have to pick one and if you pick the wrong one we're gonna fuck you up yeah 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 and so it was that was really hard growing up like that. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was in middle school, I was playing football. And of course, you know, as a teenager, you deal with that sexual angst. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in this locker room with dudes and I'm liking what I'm saying. I'm like, no, I can't. No, this is not right. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And dudes will, you know, kids are observant and I'm doing all this stuff and they're teasing me. And I'm, it was it was I've never gotten bullied, but it was, you know, we played the dozens back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that came up, you know, yeah. you so sweet this and that and Yeah. I dealt with all that stuff. So were you like bullied and teased or was it just like all in fun? Mm-hmm. I like, never got I never got bullied okay. because I've always been a shit talker. Yeah. So yeah. and then of course if you're funny, people like you. People like you. Yeah. yeah. And I've never been like Ha ha! Look at me. I'm funny. But if you just sit around and talk to me, like we're gonna people want you around if you're funny. We're gonna have a good time. Yeah. Like it's, I can take a joke, I can crack jokes, and it's never been like in your face funny. But it's just been mm-hmm. casually sitting back, like that's my cousin and he's funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think with especially ki- like kids bully, but they're also they're also the other end of it. Well, kids will sort of accept whatever reality they're presented with sometimes. Yeah. So if there's someone in their crew like this or like that, they're like, okay, that's just so and so. You know, they don't have as much baggage as sometimes it, it, it depended because i know when i was growing up in the city uh it was i think i didn't How old were get you when you guys moved to dc oh i was young i was six okay so oh, you wow. spent a lot of, a lot of this time you were in a in a more metropolitan area than dc and, and and in uh pg county yeah so because if you've been down south it could have went a whole nother oh, way when i would you. go down south that's where i would catch hell at exactly yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tighter it's just backwards down down there, man. I'm from the, I'm from Texas. I'm from the South. It's so just, you know. Yeah, it's just. It's like my my wife's cousin is gay. I'm not outing him or anything. He's way out. And uh, now same. he just need to tell his wife. No, I'm just. Funny you should say that my my wife's on the other side of the family. Her aunt, my aunt in law, is that a thing? Yeah, my aunt in law's so. first husband was gay. Wow. And he came out after they already had two kids. Hmm. He came out, took him years before he came out. They divorced, but they stayed friends. You know, he was a good man. She might have known. Oh, of course she did. You know, Some like, women know. She and did. She did. <laughs> they were sophisticated people. Layers and levels yeah. to it. But it's it for some people, if you, especially if you aren't someone who has people, which I had an aunt, my aunt Jackie. Yeah. used to tell me all the time she would be smoking Loud <laughs> on be Jackie. smoking cigarettes and drinking and when I was growing up like the rest of the family would be like oh because I would hear her name all the time and I would see her come staggering in the house starting fights and getting in fights and stuff <laughs> yeah. and they'd be like oh that Jackie she's just a drunk she's yeah. a drunk and that's what I thought oh she's a drunk yeah. until I think I was about 17 I sat down and looked at her and I was like, she's pretty cool. And she would yeah. say little stuff like, I would see her one time and then I wouldn't see her again for about six months. Uh, okay. Then I would see her again, I wouldn't see her for two years. Yeah. And it would always be zingers. Yeah. She would always come and tell somebody who their real daddy is. Or yeah. that, would, that calling her drunk was just being dismissive of her to take the power away oh, from yeah. the she, truth that she's hitting you in the truth face. Truth to power. Man. And you know how families can be worse than anybody else. Yeah. 
And yeah. so they're talking trash about everybody else in the family. She's like, well, what about what about that rash you got on your leg? That's yeah. not eczema. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she was one of those kind. And she I kind of have her sense of humor as I get older. My sense of humor is starting to get darker because, yeah. I mean, life can you can either learn how to deal with it and laugh or you either you get jaded. Yeah. And if you learn how to hold on to humor and get through life, it becomes dark, you know, yeah. if, close friends or loved ones die or you know you survive terminal illnesses or which yeah. thankfully i've had to deal with none of those but um just surviving yeah. in this political day and age and just living as a person and of course i'm a black man living in america I happen to be a gay person and just dealing just trying to do right as a person you're presented with challenges and right. And in order to survive, sometimes it gets dark. So I'm not as dark as she is because she'll make fun out of anything. Because yeah. I remember I called her two years ago. I, I became very suicidal. And I remember I went to Golden Gate Bridge and I was going to jump off the bridge. And I called and told her. I said, uh, she was like, you know, you ain't been talking a lot. What's going on? And I was like, you know, I just been in a really dark place. And um, <laughs> I remember when I said I'm going to be in a dark place. She was like, oh, so you suicidal? And I said, yeah, she was like, you took your life, you'd have been dark place for real. And so I remember I was going to uh, jump off the bridge and I told her like about the whole scenario and, and all that. She said, well, she asked a bunch of questions and I guess she's piecing it all together yeah. in her head. So she said, so you made it off the bridge? And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, so what happened when you got off the bridge? And I was like, I went around to Sausalito, which is on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. And I was like, there was this old couple out there on a date. And uh, I'm, I, they see me and they're like, um, hey, can you take a picture? So I took a picture of them. And I'm like, you know, they're like, what are you doing out here? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be like, you know. Yeah, yeah. going to just... kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Yeah. <laughs> right? So I'm just like, oh, I'm just hanging out. So, you know, it's they're an old white couple. So, of course, their reality is completely different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at this beautiful bridge. And I wonder how it was built and this and that. And, this. and um and they said, I wonder how high up it is. And I remember uh, she said, what you said? I forgot what I said, but she said, I'd have told them, I don't know, but I almost found out a few minutes ago or something <laughs> like that. And it's just, as I as I get older, I'm getting yeah. that thing. But we have very similar sense. What was going humor. on in your life at that time? Just a lot was going on. I mean, it's, I'm only 31, mm -hmm. but. I feel a lot older. I black feel like just I'm, like forty seven. Yeah, that's in my sixty five. <laughs> yeah, no, black, black age. Yeah. And it's you go through periods of time where, and I've always been very spiritually grounded. But the thing about faith and um, and perseverance is sometimes it gets on shaky ground, mm -hmm. and and sometimes you have to challenge yourself to hold on, and you have to challenge yourself to to continue to persevere. Because perseverance is not something that ends. It's an ongoing thing. It has mm -hmm. to get stronger. And so I had just moved uh, to California, which, no, that was a move about five years ago. So for about two or three years, I went through kind of a culture shock because there isn't like a black community there, which yeah. I've always thrived off of black culture. The music and the vernacular and experiences. And in the in the Bay Area, there's no, because there was like a burgeoning, a big burgeoning. In uh, Oakland, in Oakland. Black they, music they scene. Yeah. Yeah, in Oakland they used in to Oakland, be. In Oakland, yeah. But, but that's the thing, stereotypically, yeah, yeah, you don't hear about San Francisco having like 
Well, you know, no. you know, San Francisco used to be a hub for uh, minorities, period. So yeah. if you didn't make a certain amount of money or if you were black or Latino or if you were gay or whatever, San Francisco was that place. Yeah, a lot of Asian people. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, so, you know, Google and, and Twitter and all those places are there now. Yeah. So average rent for a one bedroom apartment is about thirty eight hundred dollars a month. Wow. That's, that's average. Yeah. That's a um, that's a pretty good spot. Yeah. Like if you get like a if you pay two thousand, you're getting. Oh, you're not paying two thousand dollars. You're in a closet in yeah, yeah, you got a toilet and a mattress outside <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> right. on Market Street. Yeah, you got a tent somewhere. Yeah, and and if you get on Google, actually, the housing prices in in the Bay Area is so bad they have people on Craigslist what's, who say, "What's Vice's payday?" Oh, payday. What is that? You looked up. You were on that. I was on payday. Uh, well, I say that because I posted it, and a fan of Three Guys On says, "Dope." I said, uh, "I posted a thing Thursday's podcast coming at you with our uh, LGBTQ council, Mr. Sampson, joining in." That's hilarious. And they said, uh, "My cat Corey Bowen said, dope." I saw a dude on Vice's payday a few weeks ago with three exclamation points. What? Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't think anybody looked at that show. People are watching it, man. That's the thing. I've I've discovered that too. I did um, Roland Martin's. Uh, TV One, uh, it, yeah, and I was walking in the store one day, and someone was like, "I saw you on TV One." Yeah, I mean, you don't think people are gonna see it? I did a PBS thing. I think I did that PBS thing too. Yeah, that's a few and years I was ago. somewhere, and somebody was like, "I saw you on PBS." Saw, yeah, it's yeah. the random. You, you the always randomness. think, "Always gonna see this bullshit." Because when I did <laughs> when I did that show, I didn't give a damn. I just was yeah. like, what? and plus I was exhausted. What was the show for? So payday, and then we got to get back to yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but payday. When I did Payday, Payday was about, uh, it basically just goes to different cities and it shows p- how people hustle, how they make their living. Okay. And, um, so they had one dude on there who was, he sold weed brownies or whatever. Yeah. Um, they had somebody else who, since because we were talking about the housing crisis, they had people on there who, not on Payday, but on Craigslist, you get on there. And they say, I, you can set a tent up in my backyard and use our bathroom, come in the house and use our bathroom <laughs> in our kitchen for $750. Put your tent in our backyard. And- wow. I mean, that's a lot of money. I like the idea. I don't like charging somebody $750. To put a tent in your backyard. A tent. And, yep. it, and, and I guess you can just come and go as you please for the bathroom and kitchen maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you get but a key to the house? Again, I don't mind the idea of it. I just or either they, you might steep. get like the basement or something. Yeah, like that. yeah that's yeah, steep yeah. to charge that's, somebody to put a tent, just put a tent in my backyard. That's how it is over there. That's how yeah. it is. So, so there was this one lady on that episode who she rented a space, um, and they made they were building homes inside of this warehouse. So it's like a warehouse village. Yeah, and you have to build your own house. You have to run your own electricity, and it's. It's re- so it was four of us, and it was just uh, how people do, you know, get their hustle on. Yeah. Their minds was comedy, You're just comedy and and people look at it and they think, oh, it's just about getting up on stage, making people laugh. That's ten yeah. percent of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the I, I tell people that that's the that's the best part of it. Yeah, and that's the that's the most fleeting part of it. And that's the best part of it because the other stuff is not fun. It's not fun and at you all. You kind of have to love a, pain, learn how hassle. to like pain. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just hassleistic. Everybody's trying to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Everybody. They mm-hmm. want to pay you the least amount they possibly can at all times. Yeah. Which the internet now has changed that up too right. because, you know, uh, back when we started, it was just like if you were funny and you work hard, you were yeah. getting the clubs. Now, yeah. uh, they're, 
there a lack of opportunity? Because at least if you were a minority comic or didn't have access to other rooms, you got Def Comedy Jam, you got Arsenio, yeah, you got yeah. Comic View. Yeah. Now there are fewer outlets for minority comics. Yeah. And late night is like you have to like know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like able to basically pick up, make a direct call. Yeah, and even if you get a late YouTube. night set, there are people who have half hour Comedy Central specials who are working day jobs. Right. You know, like that's it doesn't crazy. even open a lot of doors. It's a nice tape. You get a good yeah. tape, you get a credit. And it's a good little chunk of money you know? at one time that you can go on vacation on. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And this little this goddamn YouTube is so many comedians you see them out there well yeah YouTube. i'm a youtube star like, but you can't you can't do 15 minutes oh don't get me started on these fucking <laughs> so yeah you plus youtube people aren't looking at well people don't look at youtube videos no more like they did back in the day yeah. because everybody's on there trying to you know everybody's on there yeah or the instagram that's week in in fitness in the fitness industry that i'm in oh. we have these people call themselves we call them uh instagram trainers oh you an instagram trainer so you ain't got Whenever I'm walking down the street and see a guy with a really nice body and dreadlocks, I'm like, he has a hundred thousand Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ain't you ain't really a trainer. You got no credentials, but you training people on Instagram. Yeah, you telling people send me ten dollars and I'll right. show you how to do yeah. push ups. Telling people sets to do and stuff like that. I'm like, they hurt. These people are going to physically hurt you. Yeah, <laughs> physically hurt. Yeah. You. They don't even know how the body works, but they're yeah. gonna tell you. You know, and it's the same thing with comedy. Like I'm offended because, like, as far as queer men of color on stage, do it. Like I was doing that before it was a thing, and there were a small handful of us doing that, like that were Asian or black or whatever. And there still aren't a lot of us, but like I was doing it before it was safe and before it became a thing. Yeah, Yeah. and so now these dudes are on. Instagram. Well, I'm so I was so happy when they closed Vine down. I didn't know what to do. That's <laughs> yeah, another one. Because it's not like we like real comics. Like we're too busy on stage making people laugh right. in real life. Yeah. To right. get on Vine. Yeah. Right. And and I don't know how these people are paying their rent. Some of them live with their mamas, whatever. Right. And it's because I wasn't good at Vine, so yeah. I was I didn't benefit from it. So I was happy right. that bitch shut down. <laughs> yeah. So it's these the Instagram ones. They put on a wig. And they do dumb stuff, and they get, and I don't care for a million followers, but it's like people who are actually out in front of you know eighty, hundred people every night. Yeah, got twenty five followers, which thankfully I don't have twenty five. But yeah. it's these people do dumb shit, like you said, and they get booked for clubs. They get booked for clubs because they and, sell tickets, and, and I can understand it because. People will come see them because they do dumb stuff. So yeah. they get booked for the clubs. They don't know anything about the business. Yeah. So they don't know how to negotiate, oh, how much are we selling these tickets for? Yeah. So if this club seats 120 people and we sell 90 tickets, I want $5 from each seat or whatever. They yeah. get a call, oh, I'll give you $500 to come do five shows. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah. And then dumb they ass. come. You just lost yourself a ton of money yeah they could have they don't know they've could have negotiated another 32 3500 bucks yeah you know um and plus the club is making money from food and beverage that's where the club that's the only place club cares about making their money right food and beverage yeah they'll give you the door ask them for the whole door right don't just take whatever they give you right i need the whole door so yeah i do five shows for 500 okay and then they show up and they don't have like they get up, they do the dumb shit off they do off the internet. That's five minutes. Yeah. And then now they what? don't have another thirty five, forty minutes <laughs> to what? do. Yeah. Well, you know, a few years ago it was like soap opera stars yeah. were going out and come in and tell stories. They're doing meet and greet basically. Yeah. You know, they're taking questions from the audience. It's still going on, which God bless her heart, Nene Leaks from yeah. Real Housewives. She does comedy. Oh, that that, that woman, oh God. It's it's that's it's it's like 
hearing that is it's predictable but still surprising. Yeah, you know? it's taking the fun out of doing comedy actually. because yeah. I they used hurt to do the it. Game. It That's did. Why like like hurt the game. The, it's one of the things that motivated me was because you did com like people used to have respect for comedy. It used to be oh you do comedy. I couldn't do that. Like, it's, yeah, I yeah. respect y'all. And people came because they can't. Now everybody thinks they can do comedy. Everybody's yeah. an authority on comedy. Just like this whole Dave Chappelle thing, that the special came out. Yeah, I log on to Facebook, which I looked at it. I mean, he was classic Dave. We were happy to see Dave back. And I got on Facebook and I had been tagged in. And I'm not, a, I can show him to you. I had been tagged in at least 30 or 40 different status updates. Oh, okay. my feelings are hurt. You're somebody else's LGBT whatever council. Yeah, you, you play that See, the thing is, is and this, is, this applies to my activism, my personal work. I've never, I'm not politically correct. Mm -hmm. And it's because I'm still, I was in that last little bit of old school. Yeah. So it's, and I'm, I'm not politically correct, but I'm not an asshole either. Yeah. Um, and it was, I got up and, I was like, why do I have? Because I watched the first one mm -hmm. uh, when the night well, it that's came the out. One. Yeah, that <laughs> the was the one. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so and and I got up and because I mean I always have messages, but I had like sixty messages in my inbox, right. and so I looked, I pushed the button, and I was like, maybe it's spam or whatever. And I looked, and I was like, these are messages. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was people like, oh my god. Um, By the way, you? before you start, that's how your name came up. Because we have been talked about it, obviously for like the last shit four Three episodes, weeks, yeah. four or five episodes, wow. which means since it came out, we've had to talk about it. Because we talk about week. it, we get emails from listeners, then we talk about, talk about address it address their email, then we get next week someone else emails again. or tweets at us. And then somebody, so, so I said last week, I said in passing, what do you think it's Hampson on? I said in passing. <laughs> That's funny. And then you happened to be in town. When I saw that you were in town with Adele, I was like, Perfect. We're going to make this happen. Because we had been talking about it anyway. Yeah. So perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, I got a lot of messages about it. And my thing is this, like, I mean, I've always felt, because there are comics that I see who some of them are, are cool, like Corey Holcomb, I think. He's a cool person. Mm -hmm. I would never, and I don't agree with those things that he says on stage, but that's his business. And as long as people are buying paying money yeah. to see him and people keep paying if if people are walking out you're not selling tickets all right maybe you need to reconsider yeah yeah but if people are paying 30 or 40 dollars to come see you every night and you're saying it and they're laughing you get to say what you want to say well he's he i think Corey plays too considering that he's a guy that's married who's been married for years you know and um he says He's outlandish shit about women <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. But he's not that guy. He's not. Like off stage, he's completely. And he so says some stuff on an stage. Id. And I'm like. The furthest it is, I'm going to take this as far as I possibly can. And he's got, he says it with a smile. Yeah. I don't know how many people. And he's kind of a jolly, like, plump dude. Yeah. You know? He's like that, that cousin that comes to the family picnics and he says shit. But you know, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's like now that's taking the that's another thing that so everybody's an authority on comedy yeah. now, and everybody's so we we laugh at politicians now and come protest comics. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because well, we laughed at Trump. Yeah, he and guess and look what? where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> look where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be so at. funny when I vote for him. Right. And yeah, because yeah, yeah, people. That's the thing is that this last election was a joke for real. People went to the polls and they voted for Hennessy and they voted for that monkey that got killed. Right. Or, yeah, Harambe. Yeah, the the gorilla. That's millennials. Those fucking stupid. What did you think of the of the transsexual jokes? 
so okay. <laughs> and some people got upset at, at me for this, and I have transgender. Okay, well, the the three guys on studio is a safe space. Safe space, right? Right. There is a pony over uh, there. There is a pony. There's a pony. There's a pony over there. <laughs> there's a, there's a there's a little unicorn, Pegasus. Unicorn over. Oh yeah, right I see the unicorn there, and it's, it's a gold a egg on the table. Safe space here, you can say. <laughs> okay. There's a rainbow right there, just to right. make you feel safe. And <laughs> Don't <laughs> let anyone dull your sparkle. My daughter painted. You know. all, right. all political debate should be held in a little girl's bedroom. Yeah, basically. <laughs> real tense in there. <laughs> well, okay. So this is the thing. Because outside of comedy, I'm also very involved in activism. I do believe in, you know, whether it's black activism, LGBT activism. I work very hard for homeless youth in particular because I was homeless growing up. So those are causes that, you know, I am dedicated to. You know, I'm I'm very devoted. Um, The thing was, one, timing. This was right after Mardi Gras, which... Several trans women had been shot in cold blood in New Orleans. Then this special hits. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's saying that, you know, trans folks get killed and um, people pay more attention to them than black folks. So now you got thugs up in Harlem. What he said was if the police were killing more or killing as, as many trans people as they killed black men, there'd be a riot in the streets. Right, 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 right. So that. So more black men now are wearing heels. I took that to mean because we talked about this last week, where we didn't know the numbers that trans black trans women. Who the fuck knows with white trans women? We don't know. Right. Black trans women. The the age is thirty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The life expectancy is thirty five mm-hmm. years. Um. My guess would be, you'd be able to speak this more than I would, but my guess would be that most of those deaths are the result of at the hands of black males. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean? violence on the streets, and, you know, of course, some take their own lives. Right. Um, I would know. be willing to bet that the violent hand is from black males. Probably, yeah. Probably down low black men. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, brothers these- out of prison who are like, I'm not really like that, and I'm going to kill you to prove that i'm not yeah you know, and like, it's and they're attracted to because right there are a lot of men out here who like you know trans women and they right. it's a lot of they're straight men who i mean it's sexuality is a, a very joke, complicated I do a joke thing about how i'm attracted to janet mock that i've I been talking janet mock i've been talking about on stage for a long time i i tend i can't say it because i'll burn it because i've been closing my act with it my next album i'm going to close my act with it but it's a about a four minute bit now but um most of these guys who are inflicting violence upon trans women are just dudes that are are not comfortable with themselves. They got issues. I say just. I mean, the the violence that they're inflicting is not something to be taken frivolously or lighthearted. But that is ultimately what it comes down to. Right. Just guys have problems with yeah. themselves. Right. And they're taking it out on the on these on these trans women. That's what the problem is. I took Chappelle's that what Chappelle was saying is it was specifically about police killing black men. That mm-hmm. if police had been killing trans women, there would be an uprising in the streets. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. In this country, I doubt it. Right. Because this country is such a backwards such a backwardsly weird religious thing that they'd be okay with it. Right. They're okay with black men getting killed. So 
you clearly got to think they'd be okay with with black trans of women getting killed. Why would they not be? But that's let the... let trans white women start getting killed. Oh yeah, then it, yeah. then now. then it'll be a big problem it's for real. Problem. But that bit was it was kind of narrow. It was about specifically cops killing. Right. It was a very narrow trans thing. women. The point that the bigger point that's been put out is trans women of color are getting killed. Yeah. Just because it's not cops. Yeah, and that's the bigger overarching thing that I don't think he thought about. He he very oversimplified. In this lane, cops are doing this to these people, not these people. But that doesn't mean trans women of color. Where he says that black men are wearing heels, if black men thought that that would keep them safe from cops, Mm -hmm. they would do that. But it won't keep them safe from the rest of. Yeah, but they're going to keep you safe from other. Pieces of shit out there. Yeah, right. Other pieces of shit. I like it. But the thing would be that I can handle this piece of shit. <laughs> you know, right, right, I got right. a gun too. Right, <laughs> you know, right, right. He's talking about hard thug dudes. I got a gun too. I can handle this guy. Can't handle a cop. Right, right, Cause right. Because you got right. the law, the basically the government, which is what the law is, just essentially the, the government, government against you. That's how I took it. Did you take it and kind of in those? I mean, it was. I did think about it the same way. I mean, I think because I mean it's. <sighs> I felt I felt two different ways about it. Plus, he did the Bill Cosby, he did the rape jokes. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. rape is definitely no. But those jokes were so funny. <laughs> well, it's I mean, because you know, and I live he in rapes, I live in the in the but Bay he Area. Saves. <laughs> that, I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, I liked that. I liked that, that. I thought it was ridiculous. And I'll tell you why I like that bit. Okay, me. go ahead. Um, but so I looked at it as t- at two different ways. I mean, it's I know the reality of trans violence against trans women, right. violence against black men, all those different types of things. Um, but for a lot of the people who were sending these notes, they get upset. You can get up on stage and talk about bunny rabbits and rainbows and it. Oh, well, you should have, you you know, yeah. those are the classic colors. Why didn't you use glitter? Yeah. They find something in it. And yeah. basically what I was like, he got paid $60 million to do those specials. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and people laughed. Yeah, I was like, laughed. The, yeah, people <laughs> laughed at it. I was like, the reality is, if you don't like what he's saying, support what you want to see. Yeah. Because there are still, like, there are a lot of great queer comics who don't get the shine because we don't have the numbers behind us. Yeah. Margaret Cho can't be the only one. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I was like, so support what you want to see. And then I just feel like overall... I mean, so I mean, but I understand like people being outraged and upset and and that type of thing. And I mean, it's because I I say things like I get up on stage and I talk about what I went through being a a black man, a gay black man in the black church. I did a show in D.C. last week uh, and it was sold out and, you know, it's hundred and something people showed up. Humble brag. (laughs) You got to, though. You got to. (laughs) But it was it was like full. And so, you know, people were with me the whole the whole show. Then I go into why are y'all sitting in churches where they're telling you you're going to hell and yeah. that something is wrong with the way you love and how you been. and and I did get a little raw yeah which I do that at my show would I do it in front in front of a, a crowd that's not mine maybe not the way I did there but this yeah. is my crowd so I can go there about five or six gay men got up and walked out of the show hmm. I mean you the reason why they walk is because you're making them think about something they thought about before and it's now in their face and they got to think about it again. That's right. why they're walking. And I, and Good. I, Go out in your car. 
right? And think about it. Go get on the bus and, and think, think about, about it. it. Oh, and they'll write me notes. They'll be like, I don't appreciate you talking about. And I call people oh, out. Darn. Like, I call out <laughs> Donnie McClurkin and all yeah, these people. Yeah. And I talk about Eddie Long that because. Is, that dude is, Donnie is so gay. It, very. We all know it. Very. <laughs> Why are you bullshitting? That's a queen if I ever <laughs> seen all, one. We all know this. Why are you bullshitting? Stop bullshitting. It's, a deep it's a it's a wound it's a it's a serious wound are you bullshitting donnie <laughs> and he quit it it's and it was a big mess between me and him too as a matter of fact because i did a show at the howard a few years back yeah i remember so that show. people i hate when people do this they bring cell phones to the show and they sit in the back and uh, they yeah. record the whole show oh i would strangle somebody if i caught them doing that yeah because i guess they think you get up there and i mean which granted some stuff does come off the top of your head if the audience is good yeah. you connect with them and yeah but it's like material and they don't understand like every show you're working on stuff yeah. and it's yeah a science experiment every night basically yeah and so I was talking about the church and whoever this was was really tickled because I'm calling out names and people are messy. And so they were like, oh, this is, you know, this is going to be funny. Yeah. And they pull out the, the recorder and they videotape this part with me talking about Donnie McClurkin. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't know. I get on Twitter two days later and I have about 100 and something tweets. It was on fire. <laughs> then they put me like on Lipstick Alley and World Star Hip Hop and all yeah. this type oh, of shit. stuff. Okay. And I'm like, well, what happened? And then this little video, and it was like somebody calls out Donnie McClurkin, gay comic calls out Donnie McClurkin. And I get a note from his folks say it was a cease and desist. Oh, you can't talk about him in your show on stage? Wow. Is that, can they even enforce that? Well, How do they enforce it? So then they threatened because they were like, you know, it it's uh, something about libel or yeah, something like libel. that. And I was like, well, I didn't even get into the details because I know stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and if y'all go there, then details are going to come out. Right. And y'all are really going to have a problem. Yeah. This is just jokes and opinions. Because he's got to yeah. open himself up to scrutiny if they yeah. do something yeah. legal. Yeah, if they bring yeah. you to a court for a libel thing, then that means that your lawyer now gets to bring him on st- on, st- on the stand and depose him. Mm-hmm. You put your hand on that Bible and sit down on that seat and let me ask you some questions. Well, and it's not Mr. even that, but it, just like, I mean, and this is, take this how you want it, but just like Eddie Long. Yeah. And I mean, and this is my thing is I'm, got him. I'm not one to sit up here and talk about what was wrong with people or, or any of those things. But I will say that secrets continue to kill people and the institution yeah. in the black church. Yeah. And we don't like to have honest conversations. We right. don't like to keep things real. We don't like like we say, oh, yeah, come as you are. Unless. Yeah, unless you're this. Yeah. But if you yeah. are that, go direct our choir for us. Yeah, that, and that's okay. Or go make our make our costumes for us. Our costumes. They, they basically are <laughs> our costumes. You yeah, can be our, so you can be our costume designer. That's and, th- and that's a problem. Go take care of that. Well, also, know. there's another thing, too, because there are so few prominent you know, gay men of color doing comedy that the audience that comes to see your show, they only have a, a couple guys mm-hmm. that they can go see that really sort of speak to them. So there's not as much of a variety. So you might go into something that makes five people walk out because they don't have a guy. Uh, there's not a lot of guys who maybe think along their lines too. You know, mm-hmm. so they're like, they're like, well, this is my choices are this, these three or four people. So they're gonna come to your show, and then when you hurt their feelings, they're extra hurt. Because yeah. now they don't have a guy anymore. They got well, to email you and. Well, you know. no, and it's because some people come. Like I remember, I did this one show in San Francisco. 
Because yeah. and that's the thing. That's one thing I hate about doing comedy. And I love the Bay Area because I, I love the progressive politics. When you decided politics. to move to San Francisco, San Francisco I immediately to, thought good. Yeah, San that's Francisco thought used to have a, a, an amazing comedy scene. Because I mean, look who came out of there: Mort Saul and yeah. Robert yeah. Uh, Williams. First thing I thought, as soon as you said that I'm moving to San Francisco, everybody, I was like, good. That's where you need to be. Yeah, it's it's still a a pretty. I mean, if you get in the right spaces, like I love. Uh, Mill Valley Theater. I love the Throckmorton places like that because that's where the retired hippies live at. So they aren't yeah. politically correct. You can go up there and be real. But there are a lot of people who now need trigger warnings. Yeah. So yeah, before yeah. you talk about something that's... But, you know, so if I go, like now, like how we were just sitting up here, and I was like, oh yeah, a couple years ago, I thought if I was about to jump off the Gunk Game Bridge. If I was back where I live at now, depending on where I was, yeah, they would have shut all this down. Yeah. And they'd have been like... Wait a minute. Right. I'm right. going to need to step outside and breathe yeah. because yeah. I did not expect to talk about suicide. Right. right. Yeah. And I need a trigger I'm have to warning. Process this. Yeah. yeah. Like, but in the and meantime, we all think about that. We've all thought about driving off a bridge. We've all. Yeah. If you ain't had that thought, you ain't a person. Right. And you're a person, right? Then you, you had are. That <laughs> and <laughs> then so you've it's. Had that thought. So, and, and, I, and, and this is the thing because I mean, I grew up here and I. Growing up here, yeah, you know, and especially back in in DC in the eighties and nineties, and this was during the crack. the AIDS epidemic and the crack right. epidemics, and I saw all this stuff and yep, violence and all those different types of things. And I mean, it's just you had to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like now I don't know what's happened, but it's the dumbing down of people and the and and we're coddling people. Mm-hmm. It's just like because you're a person and life doesn't give you a trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Like you have to deal with real shit. You don't get a trigger warning before you deal with that. So it's now, and especially like it bothers me that so many minorities do it because oh, I need a healing circle. Can we? Uh, and I mean, <laughs> which granted, I believe I like to burn sage and have dinners and pour libations to the ancestors. But there's a place for that. Yeah, I heal every day. I don't heal by holding hands, crying, and I heal by waking up whooping ass. That's how I heal every day. Because as minorities, like if you look back at, uh. The Stonewall, yeah. when they were cops were going into gay bars beating the shit out of drag queens. Yeah. If Marsha P. Johnson had to say, oh, wait a minute, I need a healing circle, they wouldn't have achieved yeah. liberation. She picked up a brick and she said, we about, she got it popping. Yeah, yeah, it's about yeah. to get real. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and if you look at, I mean, I hate that it had to happen, but if you look at the riots in Watts and Los Angeles and all these different types of places, Martin Luther King said riots are the language of the unheard. unheard. You know, if people, you know, didn't fight back. And I mean, throughout history, a lot of changes, especially structural changes. Yeah. They couldn't just be achieved by holding hands singing Kumbaya. That's just the reality of it. When you have a system in place to oppress people. Um, you can't just go, oh my God, let's hold hands and cry. Well, that's the, well, that's big the, thing. the, because the thing about being triggered. Like, what does that mean now? You have feelings? You feel things? Like, when people say, that triggered me. Okay, so you felt something? Right. That's the point and of what that's human. A, that's yeah. the yeah. point of me talking to you. I want but you they to felt something it. that made them. They gave them and that's a the point of us feeling. talking. Right. Not for you to say, oh, you hurt my feelings yeah. and run away. Yeah. But I, I, it's and like I, I wasn't even trying to hurt you. I was just talking about something that happened to me. But they, they're and having a, it about what they you. interpret. They feel they. It's a negative feeling they have. They feel right. bad. They might feel right. tense or anxious or whatever it may be. So, they're they're. You can't just be immune to negative feelings. That right. just happens to you in life. So you have to sort of get calloused by it, 
and and work through it. Otherwise, anytime you have a negative feeling, you're going to say, stop, stop, push pause on whatever's happening in my life. That's not real they life. Withdraw. Right. It's it. You can't insulate yourself from just feeling bad. Right. And that's really, because a lot of, I mean, I know there are psychological issues people have that get triggered and they have like a panic attack. I get that. Right. But then but people. But it's like everything now. Yeah. It's like it's, people are just running with that into like every little thing is, I'm triggered. I got to stop. I had, I felt negative for a moment. So? So? You know, just, <laughs> what now? Like everyone does for a moment so? at some point in their lives. You deal with it and you move on. Deal with yeah, it. Like I you don't know? get a trigger warning when I'm. Excuse me for being vulgar, but I don't get a trigger warning if I'm messing with a dude and he got a little dick. Like, I don't get a trigger warning for that. Or if that, I go That's got to be a triggering point. Like, oh, my oh Lord, my let me take a break. I need to step outside and smoke a cigarette. Like, I don't get that. Or, yeah. you know, before I go to the bank and if I've overdrawn my account, don't check your account right now. Like, I don't get that. Yeah. Like, you right. have to deal with it. Yeah. And it's... And especially, like, again, it's minorities. I feel like, you know, whether you're black, whether you're woman, whether you're queer or any of those things, we live in a country that, unfortunately, and that's what it was built on, you know, treats people like that as Mm -hmm. prey. And so if you're in a – and up on Capitol Hill, those are a bunch of sharks. So if you're in a water with a shark and you're bleeding – you don't get to go, oh, my God, I'm bleeding. Give me they're a coming. second. He's going to look for a leg next. Yeah. They're coming. <laughs> right, right. He's going to bite they're your asshole out. And they come and they want that leg. Or yeah. they want that asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Arr. That that rape bits for me that Chappelle was doing, a lot of that a lot of that whole piece, that's him talking about Bill Cosby. Right. Which, how, well, you know Bill Cosby. How he feels about Bill Cosby. That's him talking about. Well, you know Bill Cosby mean, got I mean, I'm him. I'm talking the whole piece. Right. Was well, him talking about Bill Cosby? Because you know Cosby, Cosby didn't like some of the stuff on the Chappelle show, right? Yeah. And had it right. censored or something happened. Uh, and I, so I know he had like some a personal beef with Bill Cosby. Yeah. Do you know I just had that same damn discussion with a young man today at the gym. Of, wow. I don't think he raped all those women. I had that discussion just today. Wow. I said, come on, boy. <laughs> I told him, I said, come on, man. I said, you can't do this. Because he asked me what I thought about the Chappelle special. I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought that was great. I said, it's great. He's growing as an artist. He's growing as a person. What do you think about him talking about Bill Cosby like that? Well, I just don't think that. I mean, you really think he raped those women? I said, come on, boy. Don't do this. Right. <laughs> I said, exactly what I told him. I said, don't do this. I said, don't, don't do this. Of course he raped all those women. Somebody of like that has course, the power. Of yeah. course. But, but what? This is a 30-something-year-old architect. But why would he do that if he's rich? I said, come on, man. When you had so it, why, power. Why are you doing yeah, this? he gets off on it. So I kept asking him, I said, why are you doing this? Why, why are you, young, young black dude? I said, why are you doing this? Why are you being, why are you being this person? You know he raped them women. You know he did. <laughs> why are you being this? Then I right. got to think, I'm also... I'm a whole generation older than this kid. Because you know? I think and for a lot of folks, and I mean, personally, I felt bad about it, but my, but mine was selfish. Mine was because I've always wanted to play him in a biopic. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and I wouldn't want to do it because you know it's going to be like a... Oh, that's coming in the biopic. <laughs> Them scenes are coming. Oh, I, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to do it. Them scenes are coming. I just feel like that's him talking about He's talking about a hero of his. How yeah. do you process that? I like to post that video. I've said it before on the podcast, that video of them dancing to Ray Charles on the Cosby show. Yeah. And I like to ask, how do you feel about this now? 
I know how I feel about it. I still think it's that's for me. You have to separate the art from the right. person. That's right. the most iconic moment in television for me is that fucking dance scene on the Cosby Show. Is hands down the most iconic moment in television. That is black people doing black shit. And everybody in America loved it. That's right. insane. That's insane. That's never happened. Not like that. Just doing black shit. Black people dancing to black music, right. celebrating Not- black familyhood and black love. That's never happened. You never see no shit like that. But never I mean, no but, shit like but that. people who up to that moment, you had never seen nothing like that. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, but people who just look at because people look at comedy now to get off ended. Because I did a show right. over in, in San Francisco, and so I did. I used to do a joke about gay men getting pregnant, which would be hilarious. And um, especially if we were on Maury, that would be funny. So, <laughs> and it's and my stuff, I mean, anybody who, funny. that would be funny as hell. <laughs> and, and gay divorce court would be funny, too. But I did this, uh, so I'm, I'm up on stage, and I used, to do this, I used to do this bit about that. And, um, and, and most people who've seen my comedy, they know I'm not, like, offensive. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. Most of my stuff is like, I mean, it can be a little edgy because I talk about the church or I might use faggot or this or that. Yeah. Or, but it's it's really accessible. I mean, I go to Biloxi, Mississippi and get rednecks come out and give standing yeah. ovations. So something about it is able to connect with people. Right, right. Um, but I did this show. I have I, the problem where I have problems at are in places you wouldn't expect for somebody like me to have problems. I get problems in the New York cities and yeah. the San Francisco's where everybody is too intelligent to laugh. Because that's basically what people have too much access to information. They overanalyze it and everybody thinks they're an authority. Yeah. And it's, oh, and I'm going to write a thank piece about it. Everything doesn't need to be a thank piece. Yeah. Everything doesn't need to be written about. Yeah. How did you feel about the rape stuff? Me personally, because I know I have a couple of friends who, Mm -hmm. you know, survived rape. I understand the seriousness of the issue. I personally, I, I did a joke actually one time. I was on a cruise ship about six months ago and and it was a straight cruise and i was one of the only gay folks on there so i was all the old women were flirting with me so you know they came out and they were had the vaseline on and this mm-hmm. and the big old hats and, and big hat and so this old lady she's about 70 came up to me and she every time she would see me walking after my show she'd be like oh baby i love your show and so i'd be like oh thank you thank you mama and so finally she saw me and she said you ain't been eating but nothing but lettuce on this trip. She's like, when do you eat? I was like, I eat at home. She was like, you got any, anybody there to cook for you? And I was like, why do you ask? She was like, you know I make a good macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> no, mama, I don't need no macaroni. Oh, oh, oh. She pulled out, you know, like the, she cupped her phone like she was showing me some nudes or something like yeah. that. And so she was like, yeah, and that's my, that's my Salisbury steak with onions and that's my smothered chicken. And then she said, and you see that? That's that macaroni. And she zoomed in on the macaroni. <laughs> and so, um, and it was turning me on a little bit because, you know, it was not like that, but it, you know, it was, uh, the macaroni looked good. I yeah, was like, a home-cooked meal with gravy? Did she put gravy on it? That, it that, was on the chicken. That brown gravy. Uh, and I don't even eat chicken. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like, what? I don't eat chicken. What? Yeah, I don't eat chicken. No <sighs> chicken at all? Mm-mm. Just don't like the taste or? Well, I have. No Popeyes? I don't eat. I haven't had Popeyes in at least 12 years. Punch the oh, shit wow. out of you. I know, right? 
I went to Popeyes <laughs> twice last week. Yeah. Yeah, Popeyes ahead. We're the unofficial we are the unofficial sponsor Popeyes unofficial sponsor of three guys on Popeyes. That's yeah. hilarious. We have we have talked about Popeyes so much with that Cajun sponsor. They owe us money, I think. They owe us at this point. They owe. We got it. The only email we got this week for the podcast was someone saying that we turned them on to Cajun Sparkle. Uh, of course. Cajun Sparkle is a little seasoning packet that they have behind the counter. You got to ask for it. You got to ask They don't tell it. you about it. You got to know what it is. And when you sprinkle it on chicken, it makes it 10 yeah. times better. Yeah, so yeah, like put crack on chicken. Wait, that is, it is crack. That's yeah. what the sparkle is. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. sparkly crack. <laughs> put it on there. Yeah, it's, so she was she was up on there, so... um. And that macaroni, and so I had made a little joke. I was like, um, I almost went straight for that macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and so I did it. I mean, because I was telling the people on the boat about it when I was performing that one time. And I was like, oh, I almost got date rate with a macaroni and cheese. And so <laughs> it was like, it was funny, but I didn't feel right making a joke about rape on So I stopped okay. doing it. Okay. Yeah, well, that's yeah. your thing. Yeah, that's your That's my thing. personal thing. Yeah, that's your thing. That's what I said about Chappelle's thing. Like, I, I laughed and thought it was funny, but. Those jokes, if I thought of them, I wouldn't say them. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I would say, yeah, I would veto it. And I would say that's kind of a dumb thing, or that's not really the way you're supposed to talk about those things or those people. Eh, but other people can do it. You know, I was watching fine. a thing. I was rewatching it yesterday. As a matter of fact, I like to have comedy on in the background when I'm writing, and I was writing yesterday uh, about Trump and this big fucking bomb, and um, fucking Samson Sh- already Samson already yeah, shaking I'm his head, like, man. big fucking bomb. And um, where he did the bit about where people, where brothers go to jail and become a prison fag. I'm like, that's going to jail and becoming gay. All of a sudden, you and you're gay and you're in prison and you get out uh, and you ain't gay no more. No. Yeah. But no. I mean, if you were in jail being gay, <laughs> yeah, you already had thoughts in the back gay. of your head. Exactly. But it, to them, it's. When I go to jail, I'm just gonna be. I'm gay. Jail. I'm I'm gay in jail. No, that's when their I get opportunity. Out of jail, that's their opportunity. Right. To, no, right. Because I know I don't care what type of situation I'm in. If I'm locked yeah. up with a bunch of women, I'm gonna be over in the other yeah. side of the room <laughs> right. with right. a crucifix funny in my you hand. Should, it's funny you should say that. I used to do a bit. I used to do a bit. I talked about it a couple times on stage, and I could never really get it to go anywhere. But I would talk about a conversation where I used to do a bit where I would say that it made me uncomfortable as a straight man to see two men kiss. I'm not talking about just welcoming kids. Just, hey, how you doing? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about two men soul kissing. It made me uncomfortable as a, as a straight man. That doesn't mean I don't want him to do it or, I should, or I'm going to hose him down. With, hey, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to hose him right. down. I'm like going to get. It just makes me uncomfortable as a straight as a straight man. And I was telling that to Liz Mealy of all people. And yeah, Liz yeah. goes, That's because you're homophobic. I said, I'm not homophobic. It just because I said, you gotta follow the line of the logic. Because if I see two men kissing like that, as a man, I know where that's going. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> I know where that's going. And it's not comfortable for me to think about it going there. I know what the next thing is. And I'm straight. (laughs) That's why it's not comfortable for me to think that. So Liz was like, you're homophobic. And I actually thought about that for long periods of time. Like, well, maybe I'm wrong. And I was listening to Dan Savage talking to Bill Maher about it. And he, Bill Maher had the exact same thing. And he was telling Dan Savage. And he was saying how, and Dan Savage goes, want to see two straight people kissing right right right. because it doesn't i feel the same way you feel but just about two straight people kissing why would i want to see because i he was like now i gotta think about them doing that i know me personally 
I've always had just the thing about PDA, period. Like, right. I don't want to see right. any, I don't care if it's two boys, two girls, man, I don't want to yeah. see it. It's I've always been that person. Yeah. And that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't, I, the the thing that the, I used to say it as a punchline is that it's about me. It's not about them. It's about me. Right, right, right. It's not right, about right. them <laughs> at all. Because, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, if I'm, it's me. If I'm <laughs> in a movie theater, I mean, I can, if I'm like if I'm at a movie and I see like a, a a love scene, yeah, I can understand it as a film. But after a while, like I'm especially if it lingers on too long, I'm like, yeah. this is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like see weird. To yeah. Me. yeah, I don't know. It's but I guess it's just the. I human think for thing. women, like for Liz, it's like I've and I get. I don't know. If, I've always felt like, yeah, you, know, you say men are bisexual. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> They're gay. I think women women have a have a much broader spectrum. Of getting uh, straight, right. I think I. This is me talking. Nobody else. I think because right. women, women take different things from sexuality than men do. Yeah, that's why. Because women take different things. They get us. They get things from sexuality differently. They give certain. They give other things from sexuality, and they take other things from sexuality. Men, men give a certain thing from sexuality, and they take a certain thing from sexuality. I do think that straight yeah. men. Can have crushes on each other, but it's not necessarily oh, I do like that. sexual. But it's like, like that's one of my people. Like it's, yeah. But they're different because there are a yeah, lot of guys. It's not who, sexual, yeah. Yeah, it's not. My wife tells me that all the time. Like this, this cat, Rich and Angle. Uh-huh. He's a reporter from MSNBC. Other oh, guys all over the world. That guy, yeah. that man, I crush on that dude so hard. Yeah, but it's not like a sexual. <laughs> right. Yeah. So she, to the point that my wife goes, "Hey, your boyfriend's on television. That's I'll hilarious. come in." <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> He's got nice hair. I crush on that. It's not even the hair. It's just like, <laughs> you know what he got me? One time he was interviewing somebody and he goes, uh, yeah, it's such and such and we're such and such and this thing and I need to talk to him. And he started talking Farsi to the dude. I was like, and he speaks the yeah, motherfucking yeah, yeah. language? You this motherfucker. That's funny. You got me, motherfucker. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, it's, uh, and just like there's certain, which I know it's more common with some gay dudes. It's like, I like to see women when they come out and they got on like a short skirt and they got their boobs pushed up yeah. and high heel, I like to see that. Yeah. Am I yeah. sexually attracted to it? No. No. Yeah. But women that I see do that, like they have the hair and the face. Oh my God, big crush. But it's yeah, not like yeah. I want to jump on them. Yeah. 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 And I have been doing a joke lately that I like a, uh, I was describing a guy to another guy and I said, uh, such, 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 such. I said, you know, the handsome kid, the good looking kid. Cute guy. He was like, "Oh, you think he's good looking?" Like, gay. He, he is gay? good are looking. Right, 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 right. He's like, "Are you attracted to him?" No. Yeah. It's... I said. He goes, "Well, it sounds kind of gay." I said, "You know why I can tell him that he's good looking? You know why I can say another? Man? It's because I'm not gay. That's why I right. can say another man is good looking. Right. Because I'm I'm getting nothing out of this. I'm well, not I... trying to get any other thing out of this. So that's how you know it's real. Because I'm not trying right. to get nothing out of this. But see, he can he can do that, and that's yeah. something that because you know, like some straight dudes will see. Another straight dude come in looking good. Be like, oh, I bet you're getting all the girls in that. But that's what you're saying. Instead of just saying, you look good. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Or you're getting all the women. Just tell me he's a good looking dude. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Look at you looking like. Or you'll say, sometimes I'll say, you out here shining. That's another one. Yeah. Look at you shining. Right, 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 right. You look good. That's all you're saying when you say that to somebody. But a lot of dudes fold up on themselves. Well, I think it takes dudes, a while. I'm also 48. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you, takes you start understanding life different. Yeah. And, and you become more secure. It just, you know, you don't have to worry about what would people think if I said that. So yeah, a lot of it is, is what other people might think. I think dudes, men can be bisexual because they've said so. 
Yeah. And you got to listen to the person when they say. You yeah, know. and that's the thing. You got to respect them. I'm like, yeah. okay. But in my head, I'm like, dude, just be careful. <laughs> just, just be careful. No one's going to prosecute you for it. <laughs> but right. I mean, it's the thing is, it's just it's that's not easy for a lot of folks. I know. And I think that it's, I think that that's that's a shit place we live in, and I I blame it on the Bible. Yeah, the Bible and interpretation of the Bible. I blame it on that, and this Judeo Christian horseshit we live under. Mm. I blame it on that. Let somebody live their life. There's no reason for Mike Pence Ugh. to not just be out there. Because <laughs> that really is, I don't care what. No, he dresses up. Yeah. That he's not yeah. in front of the camera. Yeah. I was talking to Chelsea about that when he said that he was blocking his emails. People couldn't see his emails. That's because there's gay shit in his emails. Chelsea started so. laughing. I know there has to be. So he probably gets like offers from. I remember uh, I know there is. Michelle Bachman's husband. <laughs> oh my God. You know, like, so yeah. obvious. Yeah. I, I know there are effeminate men who you think not are no, gay, but not like that. But not, yeah, he was on the next level. <laughs> not like that. Like, <laughs> there are certain people you're like, there's no question about like that. that. Right, the, guy right, that right. the guy that has the, uh, the reality show, Creasley, Creasy, Creasley. Creasley. The guy, the white guy. He used to be on the, Queer after the, the street. And the guy. white guy in the South who's married with the kids. Todd, somebody. Something knows best. I'm like, that guy's gay. Quit fucking around. Oh, he's, with he's supposed to be straight? Yeah. <laughs> married with a couple of kids. Oh, I didn't know about that. I thought he was gay. Because yeah. <laughs> I saw him on Wendy Williams. And so hey, exactly. She was, she of course you did. She something about Nancy, Nancy Grace or something. Of course you did. And so he was like, Nancy Grace. Yeah, and of course you did. You're like, why? <laughs> hey, man, he's gay, right? Crisley. Crisley knows best. Multi-millionaire real estate developer and entrepreneur Todd Crisley. His wife, Julie, and their two children. Yeah. That that can't be real. They're like a southern, like a southern family. I think it's because he's down south. He can't be out down south. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. So That's he's, news to me right now. Yeah. He's like Watch the choir the director. Watch the show. He's like the choir director. He's choir director. Like, you, Watch the show. We uh, just... You're gay, but He's you're not. He's worthy. <laughs> Watch the show. <laughs> Watch the show. You'll be like, that guy's gay. Well, what about him? What's y'all he doing? Seen? There was this viral video. It went viral about two or three years ago with the guy at the Kojic convention. Oh, yeah. Delivered. I'm we not talked gay about no him. Yeah. I'm not gay no more. He's yeah. another one. People isn't he? Isn't he believe. back out there? Isn't he back out there again? No, he's he's posting selfies for the ladies. Oh, Jesus. Oh, is he? He's, oh, okay. yeah. But he's still like clearly gay. Like problem. He's clearly. Yeah. That's damaging for women. That's damaging shit. Well, I still get hit on by damaging. women after yeah. shows. Because I think I they can lot. change you. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah, crazy ass. But I do. It's I get a lot of women. Crazy. Women hit on me more than gay men don't really pay me that much attention. Yeah. Women. You pay me attention. Really? <laughs> yes. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They act, are they bold? Do they like come up and say Yeah, something? but then I'll tell them. Uh, I'm not gay. And, and they go, oh, I'm, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> they respect don't, that. Don't worry about it. Right. That's cool. <laughs> uh, I'm not gay. Yeah, yeah but it's, no, it's, <laughs> no I get, especially after shows, because uh, I know this weekend since we've been at the improv, yeah. a lot of women, and I mean, some, when I get up on stage, sometimes I wear like fitted, you, yeah. like yeah. we were joking about yeah. earlier, you know, and I wear like fitted jeans and low cut V-necks and, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I see how Prince was pulling them. Cause you yeah. know it's just that I don't know women <laughs> yeah. for some reason it turns too, them on a little bit. Single women, single women will come right out of out of married comic. Are you serious? Right at you. They don't care. I don't have a I don't have that. But I don't I don't have a get late act. I talk about I talk so. about my wife and and ah, they'll come right. They don't care. And what do they say when they come up? Oh, you can usually tell when they're trying to because they like push up on you. Yeah, and, they'll push up on you. Want to talk to you. You know, they're a little drunk too. A little drunk, a lot of huggies stuff. 
Maybe, <laughs> oh, keep wanting to hug you, stroke on your arm or something like that. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. So how does your wife feel about that? Like, do you do you tell her? Has my she wife seen was it a, before? Oh, yeah, she knows. My wife was a performer, and that's just so she knows that comes with the, the territory. Game. It's part of the game. I mean, you uh, as a straight man, you just take yourself out of the situation. But there's also the there's also the other thing too when people feel like someone is is uh, off limits, mm-hmm. yeah. they feel like they can just kind of openly be flirty and. Yeah, Nothing's you won't do happen. anything. I you I've can seen, usually feel that because I'm a flirty guy. Yeah, I'm a flirty type person, so you can usually feel that. I've seen I'll straight men. Oh, see, I'm not. I've seen flirty. straight men flirt with gay men, knowing that since they're straight, there's, yeah. there's nothing's gonna happen. But they get flirty with gay men. Yeah, that I don't do because they have that like. So, the, but I'm saying when people when people after a show they yeah. know you're married. Yeah, they feel like oh this is we're just it's a playful fun flirty conversation, yeah. and I know since he's married, it's yeah. fine. Nothing's I know straight happen. men who do that too. I don't flirt with gay men. I think it's just, I think it's insulting to the to a they gay man. They get a little flirty. They that. get a little more touchy feely than they right. would with a straight dude. Or the straight guy who goes to the gay club. Yeah. What are you doing in a gay club? You're a straight guy. Why are I'm you there? Taking, I've taken some of my straight because yeah. they're like, oh, they're I'll probably go. not straight. No, no, no. They go. <laughs> I mean, because it's some. Because I mean, yeah. just because I go to a straight club don't mean I'm straight. Yeah. But yeah. I go. Yeah, but the rules are different for gay, particularly gay black men. The rules are a little bit way different for you. I remember one time, <laughs> you know Keith. You remember Keith? Keith who? Uh, Keith Corey. Keith. Yeah, yeah. yes, he's yeah. in Atlanta now. So look, speaking of the gay mecca, <laughs> well, he's in New York now. Oh, was he in New York? Yeah, he's in yeah. New York. But I remember one night we went out, and um, he used to do, <laughs> he used to do a joke about it. So he said, because I would go out and do my own thing, yeah. which I'm not, like even when I'm on the road, like I'm still because I grew up in the church, so I'm still very structured. Yeah. And when I'm on the road, I don't bring people back to my hotel and. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, if except for like the last couple of nights we've had shows at ten o'clock, so I get in at twelve. But at twelve, I eat a snack and I go to bed. Yeah, always been like that. But for some reason, and plus we were young. This is about ten, twelve years ago. So yeah. we would go out, we would do shows, and then it was like, all right, so well, let's hang out. And I was like, well, maybe you shouldn't come with me, okay? <laughs> so he was like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go find, he couldn't find any ladies. So I would come in and he would see like lipstick and this and that. And so I guess he thought I was around women, around but they were women. like drag yeah, queens. Yeah, yeah. There were you some were around women. There. <laughs> <laughs> you were around women. And so uh, he said, well, I want to hang out with you. I was like, that's not a good idea. And so he said, well, where are you going? And I forgot where we went, some gay club or whatever. My best friend had come down. So he said, I guess I'll go. And he did not know what he was in for. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we scarred him for life for a few years. Because he, he came out of there, he was like paralyzed. He was like. Trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, he needed a trigger I tried to give him one. It didn't yeah, you work. Gave right. out. You sure you want to do this? Okay. <laughs> and it, it was funny because he used to do, he actually, I, when I would do shows in front of mostly gay audiences, I let him, I used to let him open, yeah. open the show. And I was like, there's certain jokes you just can't tell in front of a gay audience because they would judge you. Yeah. yeah. So he started to tell this joke about the time I took him to a gay club, except for he said I tricked him. I didn't trick him. Yeah. I, I said, told him it was a gay club. Yeah, yeah. I told him. And so he said. It's a better joke if he tricked him. Yeah. yeah but no. it, was, it was. I thought it was funny. I think funny. it's a better joke if it's if you, if you he knows you're, if he knows he's going. I don't know. That's a comics thing. We'd have yeah. to discuss that. Yeah. He called. Somebody called him while he was there. And I know the punchline 
was something. It was raining outside, so we couldn't leave. That's why he couldn't leave because it was raining outside. Yeah. yeah. And so he said, um, "I'm in this club and I'm trying to go." And then they said, "Is it raining cats and dogs?" He said, "No, it's raining men." <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Wow. That's a good joke. Yeah, it was a good joke, but he did it in front of my audience, and they didn't think it was. Funny. Yeah, he, oh, didn't, okay. he didn't set it up right. That's what yeah. that sounds like. That's a good. Joke. Well, sometimes if you do a joke hell. like that, the audience thinks. You're judging them, Insulting not just them. making fun of the situation. You yeah, gotta, yeah. You no, gotta be he's deaf like, with it. he's my best friend in comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good joke. It was. You I thought it was funny that. as that's hell. A good joke. Yeah, you should work on that. <laughs> tell him, tell him that the guys, the three guys, on set for him to work on that. Yeah, it's a good Bring joke. the joke back. Yeah, because that was back in 2008. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good joke. Well, sometimes he just has too, to say it right. You know what happens when you're younger in comedy? You have a, a great premise, but you're not a good enough comic yet to make that work. Right, right, right. And then you revisit that like five years later. Like, I'm a better comic now. That's a good joke. And you bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. Different spin on and it. Even, yeah, even it could be word for word the same, but you just have more confidence in it. Or you re like, oh, that's, it wasn't as funny before. I'm going to rewrite it. Right, I've, right. I brought back yeah, I've premises that. from 10 years ago. Yeah. Really? You know, like, yeah, I've done that. it pops into your head like, yeah. wait a minute. I, I used a, to do this joke. I had yeah. a bit about that. It, it yeah. never worked, but I loved it. I loved the idea. I got to bring it back. And then it, now it's funny. I thought better. about some old jokes uh, that I used to do. Like I, I remember one day I was doing something. I don't know because I mean the commercials don't come on anymore. Yeah. But I remember um, the first time I had to go get tested. Mm-hmm. I walked into a. a, a yeah, right. uh, they don't show those commercials anymore. Huh. The uh, the Valtrex commercials. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I remember because I, I was scared, you know, because I was when I was growing up, I was taught if you kiss a girl, you'll get her pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the conversation about sex. Yeah. That's, that's religious. Shit. So. <laughs> right. So if that was the conversation about heterosexual sex, you already know. Yeah. Anything yeah, yeah. else was completely off the table. Yeah. So I remember I had gotten I went and got my first HIV test or whatever. And I was nervous as hell. And I I wasn't even doing anything, mm-hmm. but I was scared shitless. Yeah. And so one of my friends, one of my best friends in college, now she was getting down. Mm-hmm. Like she was getting down. And she had this guy who she tried to settle down with. He was a dirty dog. He played on our football team. And so we went to Whitman Walker Clinic. And um, I forgot what she called and told me, but she was like, you know, she was having some uh, some issues down there in her itch. right a little itch <laughs> something's and not so, quite right yeah so i was just like oh just spray some hydrogen peroxide on it and go to sleep <laughs> so uh so she did it she called me back the next month she's like it's drying it's burning so i was like all right well we'll go to the clinic and um so we went to the clinic and so the joke was because i had been before but since it wasn't for me i'm like trying not to get judged so i'm walking up in there trying you know to yeah. look extra healthy like, yeah 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 i'm here with her this is her <laughs> yeah, visit it's her thing this ain't mine <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm sitting up in there and um and this dude started flirting with her and so at the clinic at it's the bold clinic in the clinic that's bold at the clinic at the clinic wow in his, the waiting room at the clinic in the waiting room at the clinic and i remember his line was oh well what are you what are you here for oh no and so she was just like oh getting a checkup he was like oh me too and then they started talking and they hit it off and i remember the joke was uh he seemed like a nice guy with crabs or something <laughs> so <laughs> she goes and she gets her stuff she comes back clear but they exchange numbers and she met her new man at the clinic that is bold. And uh, they started going out dating, and I am not lying to y'all, about two months later, she called and told me he gave her herpes. Oh. So, <laughs> and this is a true life story. It's the clinic. This is a true life story. <laughs> right. And so I remember 
uh, I would tell that story on stage. And I didn't know, because I was like 19 when I was telling that story. Yeah. And um, I didn't know how to end the joke. But I just thought it was funny that this dude. Oh, that's the end. Yeah. It was, <laughs> that's how you say it. I don't even have an end for this. Oh, but no, it was funny because <laughs> like Andy, like when I was just like, oh, he gave herpes. And he was, he was like, oh, the audience would do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was at Bossa Lounge one night and I came up with the ending because the audience was like, oh, they was just. Cause they were with me the whole story, and then yeah. I said, um, "No, don't worry," because they did stay together, and they're still together now. And um, I said, "No, don't worry." I said, "They still uh, go out and horseback ride and play basketball and go to the movies, <laughs> just like doing the Vitrex commercial." Right. And that saved the joke, and so yeah. that was my joke, and I was cracking up laughing about that joke. Yeah. Not too long ago. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, That's you do sad. it, you take it. And How much business is he bringing to that clinic? You know, <laughs> before that day, like he probably infected so many people. Hang he out probably the kept them working. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's the reason they're in business. He's got his own. They got a, they got a bench named after him. Yeah. <laughs> out front, <laughs> got a little, got a little, a little uh, reflecting pond where he. That would be go, horrible. Just go sit by a little pond and reflect. Right, <laughs> a little pond dripping white sauce. Oh, <laughs> take it too far, Samson. I know. Take this too far. Let's wrap this one up. And we'll do another quick we'll one. Do another quick episode. Listen, people, thanks so much for coming into uh, to today's podcast. Samson, give them your social stuff so our fans can go at you. Yeah, so please. I'm on, uh, of course, we have a website. We've been paying for that website. Uh, SamsonComedy.com, S-A-M-P-S-O-N-Comedy.com. I'm on Twitter, at official Samson, official S-A-M-P-S-O-N, and Instagram, uh, Mr. Samson, M-I-S-T-E-R-S-A-M-P-S-O-N. And uh, Christian Mingle. No, I'm just playing. Around <laughs> uh, but those three, yeah. And I'm I'm on there as often as I can be. There you go. May I'm in uh, Magoobies in Baltimore, May 4th, 5th, and 6th. Come see me. Uh, uh, I have a CD uh, coming out. Uh, eight, almost a little over a week. April yeah. 25th it comes out. What's April 18th, which is Tuesday. What's the name of that vintage CD again? <laughs> What's the name of it? It's called Vintage. Vintage. April 18th is a pre-sale on iTunes. So you can go on iTunes tomorrow after this goes up Monday. And buy it ahead of time, or wait till the twenty fifth and get it on Amazon, right. iTunes, uh, everywhere, Google Play, Spotify, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Also, May third, I'm at the DC Draft House on Wednesday night for Martin Amini's new showcase show, mm-hmm. which is a that's the first uh, show that he's got. He's got a Wednesday night there. They're doing a Wednesday there I now. So. I heard about it. Yeah. Oh, don't forget that May nineteenth and twentieth, I'm with Rick Younger at the DC Draft House. Uh, Ricky Younger, uh, playing Make Your Plans now. Yeah. He's a great comic, great man, great dude. Uh, great comic. You've seen him in a lot of commercials. Yeah. Uh, a couple things here, a couple things there. But he's trust in, me. He's in the girls' finale. He is in the girls' finale. You'll yeah. know him when you see him. And he's a great stand up comic. Started in this area and he's coming back home. Yep. So you guys come on back. Come on and check me and Rick out. Uh, Rick's calling it the uh, the Blazers and uh, Hard Soul Shoes tour. So <laughs> that's what we doing. Um, other than that, come on back on Thursday. We'll be here for you guys. Uh, Thursday is going to be a little quicker. We'll be talking. We'll probably be talking a lot of Trump on Thursday. I want to hear Samson's thoughts on Mr. Trump. Oh, <laughs> on Mr. Trump. Okay. So, other than that, I think that's it. I want to thank you guys. Anybody who made a contribution to the tip jar, thanks so much. Got a couple this week. Be sure to review us on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, this paywall thing for Thursday is going to happen. So get ready. Yeah. It is going to happen. So get we're gonna ready for we're it. gonna give you a fair price. We'll give them fair. It'll be very fair, and you'll we'll let you know when it's when it's getting ready to come down. 
All right. Other than that, that is it, people. Thanks so much. I am Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. And who else do we have here? And Samson McCormick. Oh, my God. Really? You going to make it that sexy? Well, absolutely. You can turn up your bass <laughs> There is you a want. pony right there. You making it that I'm sexy? Turn up your bass. <laughs> You're turning your bass up. Hit yes. him again. And this is Samson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a pony right there. A pony and a unicorn. And we are three guys on. And we are out. <laughs>